Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. You know, I've always loved this story of Martha and Mary for a variety of reasons. The first is because when I see it, I have kind of, really in many ways, a love-hate relationship with this story because when I read it, I see myself and Martha. I've always been kind of the type that has a hard time sitting still for a long period of time. Even when... In the morning, I'm sitting out on our screened-in porch, and I'm having my quiet time. And I'm reading my Bible, and I'm praying, and I open my eyes, and I look out over our backyard, and I say, that vine really needs to be trimmed. (laughs) I mean, I just can't help myself. I'm so bad that way. I'm one of these people who always sees the work, and I'm busy, you know, the busy person. And I'm always on the go. And I can spend time sitting, and I can spend time with the Lord quiet. But I tend to, at times, as we hear of Martha, be distracted. And I don't like that about myself. And so I go in and out of that distraction. And this is a reminder of that, trying to stay focused on the Lord and focused in my prayer when I'm spending time with the Lord. But the other reason that I like this story is it is what one might call real. It's a real story. When you read the Bible and you read the stories of the Bible, Sometimes you can get caught up in, you know, is this real? You know what I mean by that? You read some of these miracles and some of these wonderful people, and you can get the idea that, you know, is this real? But you read other stories of the Bible, and you're absolutely convinced these are real stories and real people. And this is one of those stories that is clearly a real story about real people. This is one of those stories where the family dynamic is a real family dynamic. It's awkward. It's an awkward family moment. We all have those, right? When you're in the family and someone all of a sudden blurts something out and everybody wants to crawl into a hole. You know what I mean. You hate it. You want to leave. You want to say, I wish they hadn't said that. Oh, no, it's just awful and it ruined the dinner and the evening and everybody wants to leave. You ate it. And that's exactly what happened here. Jesus, would you tell her to help me?
Awkward. That's really what's going on. And, you know, and if you minimize this, if you make this like holy, you've missed it. Because that's not what's happening. Because there's different personalities, there's different personality types, there's different agendas, there's different priorities. And people want to do their thing at times. And people get upset with each other because of that. I will give you the perfect scenario in our household that has happened. We have a group of people in. And maybe it's a playoff game. Maybe it's even the Super Bowl. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing. And we're getting ready to serve food. I don't care. I don't really care that anybody's there. And Meredith might need help. And I'm usually really good about helping in the kitchen. I don't care. Meredith might be even saying something. And the kids will even say to her, Mom, you know the Steelers are playing. Right, Meredith? It doesn't matter. I've got an agenda. I've got a priority. I'm fixed. It's not exactly like sitting at Jesus' feet. (laughs) But it's close. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) I mean, but you get the point. We all have those family moments, those situations. And you have different personality types where people are just different. And awkward happens. That's part of being a family. It does happen. And it's a wonderful time to learn and lessons. And that's what happens here. So I'm going to go with Martha first. Let's go with Martha first, okay? The first thing we're told in this story, if you focus on Martha, is it's her home. Did you catch that? Probably not married. Probably the oldest. And she obviously has what is a major concern in the ancient Near East, still a concern today, and that's about hospitality. If you know anything about the Near East, hospitality is way up on the scale. And she wants to make sure. Now, you have to realize, if Jesus is traveling... Who's traveling with him? His apostles. So you've got probably 13 guys. And you've got Martha, and you've got Mary, and you possibly possibly have Lazarus, and then you might even have some other stragglers along too. So you've got at least 15, maybe 20 people, maybe more, in this household. So she's wanting everybody to be comfortable, probably wanting to fix a meal for everybody. 
Saying she's distracted is probably an understatement. And her sister Mary, who lives there too, truly to be a woman of the household who lives in her sister's house, you would think she should be helping. A woman's duty, the younger one's duty, saying, what do you need? How can I help? No. And what happens to Martha? The type A personality. You know the firstborn, we do this birth order stuff, right? The firstborn, she's driven, she's bossy. She wants to make sure everything's right. And what's happening to Martha while all this is going on? She's getting angrier and angrier the whole time. You know how they are, right? Right? Some of you know this, some of you don't know this. I am a second born. I have a brother who's older than I am. He's 14 months older than I am. But it doesn't always work out when you're born that close. It doesn't always work out that the older one is actually like the older one. I don't know if you know this in birth order stuff. My brother actually, Fred, is much more quiet, a little more on the serious side, very studious, has his Ph.D. in the philosophy of science. He got the brains. I got the looks. (laughs) You know he's in trouble. (laughs) He plays classical guitar. I play a little different style. We get along great. But I was probably the louder one. I was probably the more assertive one overtly. So it doesn't always work out that way. But different characters, different personalities. That's the point. And we're told Martha was distracted because she wanted to get it all right. You know how type A's are, these bossy types, these control freaks. They want to get it all right. She wanted to get it all right. And she wanted to take care of everybody. And Mary wasn't helping. So what's happening? She's churning. She's getting angrier and angrier. And what she should have done is she should have probably pulled Mary to the side, said, Mary, can I see you for a second, please? Maybe even whispered in her ear. That's not Martha's style. Martha's style is to pull the power play, make a scene, make sure everybody knows how hard she's been working, make sure Jesus in particular knows, and then she does the Jesus interrupts everything and everybody She should have been taking care of his needs more than just the physical needs in the place, of course. Doesn't quite do that. Let's turn to Mary for a second. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, giving him total attention, wanting to engage him. 
And at first glance, we think that Mary is just being the really, really spiritual one. Okay? But that's not really all that it's about. Because Jesus said Mary has chosen the better. Which in fact means that Mary was also being assertive. She chose. She had a choice to make. And she chose. And she probably chose against what would be the normal culture, which is that as a woman she should be caring for the hospitality. Which as a woman who's the younger woman should probably be helping her sister and deferring to her sister. But see, Mary was not your typical person of that culture. There's another story in John chapter 12 that says, Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus. That's also the home of Martha and Mary, by the way. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served. What a surprise. And Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume, made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. Now, Mary broke cultural rules yet again. She touched another person, a male, in public at a dinner party. Awkward again. Seems to be an awkward household. Did you ever notice that? Mary doesn't care. Mary is so touched by the ministry of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, his message and promise of eternal life, that she doesn't care. She doesn't care about protocol. She doesn't care about the cultural rules. She's more interested in who Jesus is, what Jesus has done for her, and what Jesus has to say. That's her focus. And that's why Jesus commends her. It's important for you to catch what Jesus is saying. Not that she's perfect. but that she chose to focus on him. Let's turn to Jesus for a second. You know, Jesus really could have handled this situation a lot differently. Probably how many of us might have handled it. When Martha blew up, Jesus could have said, Mary... Can you go help your sister? This is like not good. Jesus could have said, guys, we're out of here. Jesus could have stopped himself and said, let's all help. That'll make it easier. Okay, Martha, you better know. There's so many ways that Jesus couldn't hand, could have handled it. But Jesus always handled awkward the best way. In fact, the reality is, is Jesus is never afraid of awkward. He's never afraid of confrontation. He's never afraid of challenges. Have you ever noticed that? Why is it that we are so afraid of awkward or challenges or confrontation? Jesus wasn't. 
Because Jesus was always willing to speak the truth in love. That's why. And this is not the only time he got into an awkward situation with the sisters. Back up a chapter in John's Gospel just for a second. John chapter 11. Martha and Mary sent for Jesus. Lazarus was really sick and they said, Jesus, can you come? Our brother's sick. The one who you love. You know, in other words, you love Lazarus. You love us. If you really love us, you're going to come because Lazarus is really sick. Jesus doesn't come. He had something better in mind. He wanted to show them that he has power over death. That he really is the author of eternal life. That he wanted to reveal himself in such a way that they would trust him implicitly because of his love for them. So he doesn't come right away. <clears throat> so when he comes, what does Martha say? And then Mary follows right up with it. Jesus, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Guilt trip. We never do that in our family. But what they learned from Jesus... is that he's trustworthy. That he will always fulfill his promises. That his love for them goes beyond what they can imagine. And that he's willing to deal with awkward and confrontation. And he'll treat them as one of the family. It's really a wonderful story and a wonderful scene. The way Jesus handles this. Martha, Martha. You're distracted. You're distracted. You're not just distracted by all the things you're doing. You're distracted by your own agenda. You're distracted by your own need to be important. You're distracted by the rules. Because we all can help you. Mary's chosen what's best. To focus on community. And relationship. And to learn from me. That's what's important. To choose me first. Seek first the kingdom. And we're so preoccupied with our own agenda. You know, Paul writes to the Colossians and says, Once you were hostile in mind, Unrighteous. You know, if you're honest with yourself, that's where we are. And you don't have to be outright aggressive 
and rebellious. You can be passive and just ignore what the Lord calls you to. You can be passive-aggressive, passive, 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 then blow up like Martha did. Or you can be out-and-out rebellious. You know, I told a story at the early service. I sometimes hesitate telling stories like this, but I think it's helpful. You know, I was talking before about my brother and I. My brother was not the in-your-face kind of guy. He was very quiet. But my brother, he was so funny. When he was in high school, he grew marijuana plants in our house. I was a committed Christian by the time I was 15, but I wanted to please my brother. I was a people pleaser, so I I helped him roll joints. I never inhaled. I really did. I never got high. That wasn't my thing. But my brother was rebellious. He was just a lot more subtle and sneaky. We have a great relationship to this day. and he, As I said before, he's brilliant. But boy, was he rebellious in high school. He was just so quiet about it. You don't have to be overt. And you can avoid the Lord's call on your life in a variety of ways. You can just ignore him. Or you can be out and out aggressive and rebellious. But he wants you to come to him first. Paul says the gospel begins with death. Jesus' death on the cross for you out of his love for you. And where you die to sin and die to self. And you come to him first. For all things. You know, I read a, I read a story years ago. Great story. About this African-American pastor who was relatively new to his church and there was this elderly woman who used to come to his church every day. Sometimes for an hour, sometimes for two, sometimes longer. And she'd begin her, her day at the church every morning. And she'd just sit there. So finally the pastor couldn't stand it. He went up to her and said, Do you need something? Is there something I can do for you? And she just said to the pastor, No, pastor, there's nothing I need. I just sits here, and I look up at him, and he looks down at me, and we's happy. She just starts with him first. And that's how we all need to start, with him first. You know, I I mentioned last week that we live in a world that's so messed up. Our country, and now this past week, France, Turkey, and who knows what it's going to be this week. 
And you can do nothing. Or you can be self-centered and self-serving. Or you can sit at his feet and go to him every day and learn from him. Where you die to your own agenda. It doesn't matter what personality you are. That is a moot issue. But that you die to sin and die to self every day. And you take on the mantle of the gospel every day and live it and share it. Because this world needs to change. And it's not going to change without Jesus Christ. In us and through us. And we need to be his family. And oh, by the way, it gets awkward. So what? Family's awkward. It's okay. And we need to confront from time to time. Would you rather be confronted and confront from time to time than have what we have going on in the world today? Awkward and confrontation is a part of life. Jesus dealt with it. He spoke the truth in love. And the world needs those kind of people today. Let's be Christ to the world. And let's begin with him. Each one of us. Let's pray. Lord God, there's plenty of opportunity in our world to get distracted, to be fearful, to follow our own agenda or to even opt out to use our personality as an excuse or even our own busyness Lord help us to come to you now and for those who don't know you to come to you maybe for the first time and to see you on the cross the one who gave his life for us so that we might have life and life eternal. Because we sin, because we fail, because we fall short, that we need a Savior and a Lord. And Lord, for all of us, that we need the Holy Spirit. And begin each day to see you before us, to be empowered and transformed and to seek your agenda for the day. Lord, in a world that's desperate, desperate for you maybe without even knowing it, Lord, that we would be your vessels Lord, help us to see you this morning before us. 
as we sit at your feet. And to go out into the world filled with your spirit, empowered for your service. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.